Today I want us to focus on just a little bit on the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Interestingly enough, we have a couple different ways that the Scripture uses, which is translated Word, W-O-R-D. We have logos, which is talking about a general term, and we have rhema, which is a spoken word. It's a specific word. And he tells us here, he says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I believe what he's describing here for us is it's not just generally using the word of God, but it's using the word of God specifically. You know, something that is so important for us is to know God's word. You've been very gracious. Some of you maybe kind of smiled when I said, let's memorize Psalm 34. 22 verses. And when I asked on Wednesday night, how many of you would this be the largest block of scripture you've ever memorized? Almost everyone said, I've never memorized more than those in one block of verses. Now, maybe this morning you're one of those. You'd say, no, I, I have memorized, and I praise the Lord for you. For those of you who took the challenge, I praise the Lord for you. But here's the reason why I'm asking us as a church to do this. As I mentioned to you, when we finish this, we're going to memorize 1 John chapter 1. And then after that, we're going to memorize Luke chapter 2. And I would like to write, 1 John 1 will just be for this summer. So if you want to jump into that one and get going, maybe some of you say, I've got to be gone some weeks. You know where we're heading, okay? You can go ahead and you can begin working on 1 John 1. And then Luke chapter 2, my goal is we're going to start early on Luke chapter 2 so that when it comes to Christmas, instead of having someone read the scripture for us as we approach Christmas, we will all quote the scriptures together of the story of our Lord's birth. What a great time. But why is that so important? It's important because literally it is the very words of God that defeat Satan. It's the sword of the spirit. Interestingly enough, it is offensive, but it's defensive. I know often we, we talk about the offensive side of the word of God. But think with me for just a moment in Matthew chapter 4. What does Jesus do when he is under attack, when he is tempted? He quotes specific words of God, doesn't he? He doesn't just quote anything. He just doesn't say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and Satan would be going, huh? Why did you say that? He quoted specifically what would counteract the lie of Satan. And why is it so important for us to be teaching our children, and why is it so important for us to be memorizing God's word? Because it is literally the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema, which is the specific word of God. And I don't think there's ever a time when we outgrow Satan's temptations. I wish there would be a point. I, I think growing up, I kind of had this idea that when you got like above 50, that those temptations went away and you were like on a different plane. And I hit 50 and I realized it didn't happen. And I hit 55 and it didn't happen. I haven't hit 60 yet, but I'm thinking it's not going to happen. 65, it happens. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden we begin realizing what a difference it makes to know God's word. I am attacked on a daily basis. I am tempted on a daily basis. 
And my victories and my defeats are all based on this. What do I do with God's word? Am I willing to use it immediately? Or am I casual about those attacks and don't take those satanic attacks, those demonic attacks as something that ought to be fearful and something that has to be hit head on and has to be put on with the armor. I can't go into a battle without God's armor on. And yet how often do I do that? And I would ask you today, how often do you do that? What temptations are the ones that get you on a regular basis? Please don't answer that out loud. I'm not going to tell you mine either. Because the reality is, all of us are attacked, and our attacks are going to be different, yet they're going to be similar. Therefore, he says, put on the whole armor, and he says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Something that I find fascinating, Zach and I were talking about this the other day. When you start quoting scripture, not where you go, oh yeah, well the Bible says this, but you just, as you're talking with someone, you just use the scripture. It's amazing how all of a sudden they stop and they listen. Try it sometime. Not trying to show off spirituality but recognizing the authority and the power of God's word. Maybe some of you remember the old commercial E.F. Hutton. And it was one of those commercials where someone would be talking and someone would say, well, my broker is E.F. Hutton. And E.F. Hutton says, and all of a sudden, the whole crowd would stop. And everyone would listen. I don't know E.F. Hutton. But I do know God. And I know God's word. And it is alive, and it is powerful in and of itself, and it has the ability to get right to the point. It has the ability to divide things that we say, I don't know what to say, but God's word is accurate. And therefore, as God is saying, be strong in me, not in you. And be strong in my power, in my might. And use my armor. And part of that is the truth. Knowing God's word so that the Holy Spirit can bring to mind God's word. That's why we memorize blocks of scripture. It's fine to memorize individual verses but sometimes then we can still begin to wonder, is that really what that means? We begin to doubt it. Context is always really important. You can take what I say out of context by taking a, a word or a sentence or even sometimes a couple sentences, but it's lifted out of context. They do that all the time with politicians. They do that all the time with world leaders. But Satan will come in and he will say, did God really say that? Is that really what God meant? No, really, I think God meant this, didn't he? And what does he do? He tries to deceive us with this fake army and get us to say, I'm overwhelmed, I cannot win. But when you know God's word, the Holy Spirit brings God's word to mind and you can then 
use the belt of truth and say, no, Satan, God said this. And when you can say, this is what the Lord said, Satan flees. As I mentioned, there is a defensive sword. There is an offensive sword. You can use God's word to clearly present the truth so that the lies of Satan are being defeated and the person that is in bondage to sin sees the light of truth. It's God's word. It's not something clever that I have to say. It's not something manipulative where I can somehow say something and gotcha. Sometimes maybe you're really smart. I'm not so. But maybe you're really pretty smart and you can win an argument pretty quickly and it would be very easy to try to go in and use your sword to be able to conquer and to defeat the enemy. But the problem is God says, no, use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the problem is God doesn't preload His Word in our hearts. You say, well, how come? If I've got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit could lead me to say whatever. He could. God can do anything He wants to do. But we ought to expect Him to do what He said He would do. Do you understand? God can do anything He wants to do. He's God. He's all-powerful, omnipotent. He's omniscient, all-knowing. He's a lot of omnis. All. But we ought to expect God to do what he said he would do. What does he say to do? He says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And what does he say? What's our goal? Rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, God expects us to take this incredible gift and to load it in. And then he even promises, look, I'm not going to leave you to where you say, I don't know what to do with it now. The Holy Spirit will take what you've loaded and put it in there. And that's why we as a group are encouraging each other to memorize. And we smile and we can laugh at each other when that's not what it says. And you go, yeah, I forgot. What is it? Maybe you've had this situation around the, around the breakfast table, around lunch, whenever you're as a family together. We sit and we quote this together, and, and often, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And then I'll say something like, where did that come from? That's not what it says. We can encourage each other and challenge each other, not because we make fun of each other when we fail, but the whole point is we know what it's like to work hard to study God's Word. To you dads today, if I could put a challenge before you, lead your family to memorize God's word. Lead your family to memorize God's word. You say, it's so hard, I don't know when we're going to do it. And I, All the above are true. But you have to find time. Let me just encourage you, start thinking, so when am I going to do this? And plan it on purpose. Because it won't just happen. At least it doesn't happen for me. I don't know. I, if you've got it figured out how to make it automatically happen, let me know. But he says, and take the sword of the Spirit. 
It is that sword which allows you... It's the external thing that we've talked about. So far we've talked about you've chosen to acknowledge truth every day. I'm going to operate by God's word, not by how I feel. Because you know what? There are times when I can tell you I feel like doing something that God's word doesn't say I should do. There are days I feel so indicted by my own sinfulness that it is only when I remember Christ's righteousness that I now have which then enables me and encourages me to live rightly. It is those days that I choose to accept the truth that Jesus Christ brought about peace with God. It wasn't that I did something clever or good that brought peace with God. No, it was Jesus Christ alone. It is my confidence in God and in His Word. It is a credible faith that says, I believe God today. Therefore, as Satan's shooting these things at me, they don't ignite the house on fire. I'm confident of the victory that we will have. My justification, which means I am declared righteous before God because my sin account has been totally paid. My sanctification is going to be successful because he said, I have declared this from the very beginning that you would be mature. And my confidence in glorification, the eschatology, that confidently he is coming again and I will not go through that judgment that is coming because Jesus Christ has already paid the price for that judgment then I need to remember to put on, to use the Word of God. I think as we become more confident in saying, God's Word's really the only thing that matters. God's words are most important. We want to do everything we can to use it and quote it. Now, I'm using a translation today. The translation that I'm using as I'm preaching out of it is a King James translation. It's a good translation. The men who translated it did their very best to be accurate. But it's a translation. I don't speak Greek. I'm not speaking Greek to you. I'm not speaking Hebrew to you. I'm speaking a translation to you today. So lest we begin to elevate a translation above God's word, we just need to remember we need to learn what God's word says. Whatever translation you're reading from, you need to make sure, you know, make sure it's a translation that wants to accurately put forth God's word. But I think we've often elevated a translation to a point to where we make it the thing that has to be. What do people who speak other languages do? Are they left in the dark? Well, the answer is no. God is greater than English. But I praise God. We've got the sword of the Spirit. Let's use the sword of the Spirit and allow the Spirit to guide us. And then he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The importance of prayer Prayer is the way we put on the armor every day. It's prayer is as we talk 
to God. Notice he mentions two kinds of prayer here. Praying with all prayer and supplication. When he says praying and then he says with all prayer, the word prayer there has the idea of worship, has the idea of adoration, has the idea of talking with God and remembering how great God is. Part of what our prayers ought to be filled with is praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Because when we remember what God has done, it gives us confidence to trust Him with what we're going through. There's five simple things. I don't know if you want to, maybe you've got a way to remember, but here's a way that helps me to remember. I use my fingers and my thumb, and when I pray, remember praise, thanksgiving. Praise is remembering who God is. That's really important. Because when Satan comes knocking and I remember my God is all everything. He's king of all kings. Top that. (coughs) Thanksgiving is what God has done for me, for this group. You know, it's important that we go back and think through what God is doing. Because sometimes we have disappointments in life, don't we? And we have things and we say, where is God? And then all of a sudden we see, oh, God did this. Look how wonderful this is what God did. And remembering what God did for us, again, shows us what our God is. The third thing is confession. Confession's important. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. You can count on him every time to do it. There's never a time he will not forgive. There's never a time when he says, oh, oh, nope. You get 20 years in the penalty box, and then you get out, and then I will forgive. That's not what his word says. Satan says that. Satan says, you blew it, you don't get it. You're in the penalty box. You don't get to play the game. And you say, wait. If we confess our sins, my Savior is faithful. Every time. And he's just. He paid the penalty for this. He didn't just overlook it. And later he comes back and says, ah, you've got this debt you've got to pay. No, it's paid. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And all of a sudden, when we begin praying those words back, and we confess our sins, you see what's happened? We're reminded who my God is, and we're reminded of what my God has already done, so that when I confess my sins, I have confidence that when I ask for that, He gave it. Oh, there have been many times I've been beat up in my spirit, about the wicked things that I have done or thought or said. And I said, what's the use? But because of what I know about my God and because of what I have seen my God do, I know when I confess, it happens. The next one is petition, is intercession. That's where I remember to pray for other people. You know, when I pray for other people, it reminds me that I'm not the only one going through difficult times. You ever feel like you're the only one with problems? You're the only one going through this situation? No. 
So you get up this morning and you've got a headache and please, I'm not discounting the headache at all. They hurt. And it's bad. And for some of you, it's every day. And for some of you, it's all day. And if that's all we focus on, it becomes debilitating. But you know, as we pray and we remember who our God is and we remember what he's done and we remember our own condition and we begin praying for others, it allows us to have a ministry even when we're sick and allows us to see that we're all together. I mean, my heart hurts for Jessica this morning. Here's a lady who is bedfast. Here's a lady who's not able to get up and do things. Here's a lady who really only has one arm that works. Here's a lady who really only has one eye that works. And she lays there and she is totally dependent on so many others. And now she has maybe something going on that's creating such problems with her breathing. Wow. I'm not a doctor. I don't even know how to help her, but I, but I can pray for her. And then the last one is petition. I pray for my needs. And then I ran out of fingers and thumbs, but maybe if you use the palm of your hand, it's when we stop and listen. So what's the Holy Spirit saying? I'm not certain how to pray about this. Dear Holy Spirit, how should I pray? Guide my, guide my speech. Give me clarity in my thinking. And all of a sudden you begin realizing the importance of prayer. You know, praying is such a personal thing that often we're uncomfortable praying with others. And yet, prayer is communication with a person. And we teach our own families how to pray. I mentioned to you last week I had two dear friends that died. One of those two men was a man that had been saved for a long time. And he said, I want to know how to pray. I want to lead my family in prayer. I would like to have family devotions, but I don't know how to pray. And he began slowly working on praying out loud. I appreciate Brother Lauren praying this morning for us. I appreciate others of you who are willing to help lead us in prayer. You know, it's not about what we pray. It's not about us, is it? It's about the one to whom we're praying. We need him to guide us in our services. We want to express our dependence on him. That's why we meet on Wednesday nights and we just, we have a Bible study and then we have a prayer meeting. And I would just challenge you. These are important things. Pray with your families. And if you say, I don't know how to do this, ask the Lord for courage and just begin, even if it's a sentence. Start with at thanking the Lord for your food out loud. Asking for his nourishment through it. Let others in the family rotate doing that. I would encourage you every day, knowing that God's word is so important, read the Bible every day with your family. You say, I, I don't know that I'm comfortable to do that. Well, you need to. I don't say that to be condemning. I say that to encourage you. This is really, really important. 
finding time to do it. You say, I don't know when I would do it. Make time. It's really important. You know what I found in multiple churches that I've been, I've only been in two, one, two, three, fourth church. And I'm getting old. But in each of those churches I found that probably this area of reading the Bible as a family is probably one of the areas that people struggle with the most. We're busy. But if I could just encourage you, if there's one thing you could take away from this, actually I'm hoping you take away several things today. But I want to encourage you, you in God's word is really important and you as a family in God's word is really important. And you as a family depending on God in prayer is really important. And I just, I want to put that before you. You may not, you may be uncomfortable with that. You may have reactions to that. My response to that would just be, ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you to do. If he doesn't agree with what I'm saying, if this isn't what God's word says, then don't do it. But if it is, would you take that challenge and go forward? You know, I started with the illustration of the ghost squadron, the ghost company. But the reality was, the reality is Satan is a deceiver and he wants you to think you're overwhelmed. And from that standpoint, it's true. But there's a part of that illustration that's not true. And that is, don't think that Satan is not real and Satan does not want to attack you and he does not want to destroy your family. He does. Now, my goal is to try to walk this line in the middle of the road. I don't want you to fixate on Satan and his demons because Jesus reminded them. He says, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. He is here. But he's not my focus. When his disciples came back and they were all excited about the fact that they had had victory over satanic forces, what did Jesus say? He said, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Because you see, whatever you're going through, our focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that we need to every day focus on. It's his words that we need to focus on. It's his example that we follow. It's all about Jesus. But just remember this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having gone through that whole thing, still stand. I challenge you today, you men, ask God to give you the wisdom and the guidance to model what it means to put on the armor. <clears throat> 